Hi guys, and welcome to a Victory Monday for the first time in a long time for me. I'm in a great mood today. Everything's better when your teams win and the Lions don't lose. Good job, Michigan State. Good job, my fantasy team, as long as Melvin Gore puts nine more tonight. Great week, great weekend. So I'm just going to lead off with Michigan State. Thank God they won that game. And thank you, Mel Tucker, for playing Elijah Collins. Because that was kind of the main reason I think the offense was getting going. is because you had Elijah going. Berger had a few runs. I, I still don't like him. I still don't think he's good. I still think Elijah's your number one back. But overall, great game. I think the offense was moving the ball better than they've had all year. Thornton actually looked pretty good. I still think the guy's a mediocre quarterback on a bad team, but it was encouraging to see him do that. Because I think Wisconsin, since they fired Paul Chris before they fired him this year, if you watched Wisconsin, neither team deserved to win that game. But at least you got the monkey off your back. You picked up your win. And now it's just about just beat Michigan. You beat Michigan, I think everything goes away with Tucker. For me, it doesn't. I think it's unacceptable. Even if you beat Michigan again this year and you can't gather more than seven wins, and even if they get the seven at that point, it's still very, very, very annoying and not something I ever expected. They get the seven wins, I'm still upset because I wanted at least eight this year. I expected 10. Eight was the minimum I was going to live with. Very disappointing season, even with a Michigan win. You know, you're walking your bye week this week, thankfully with a win, because you walked into this bye week with four straight losses, you could scrap Michigan away. And I still think it's a game you could scrap away, but it's a rivalry game. You and I all know anything can happen in that game. We've seen some crazy shit through the years. We have. I, I don't think Michigan State has a shot. I think it's going to be like a three, four touchdown game, but I do expect it to be close for a good portion of the game. Michigan's just going to find a way to win. Michigan State can really not stop the run. And they really have been unable to do it all year. It helped last week with Slade back. But when Michigan did that to Penn State and they ran for over 400 yards this week on them and Penn State coming into that game and it shows they're not anymore, has a top 10 D line in the nation. Completely got proven wrong this week after watching what Donovan and Quorum did to them. But if Quorum and Edwards did that to Penn State, and you made JJ throw the ball like nothing. He was really not throwing that game. I think they might come out with a different game plan against State and just start flinging it. It's Wisconsin. And they still let up a lot of points to Wisconsin. Too many points to Wisconsin. If you let up over 20 points to Wisconsin, your defense sucks. It's just that simple. Our defense is bad. It's probably the second or third worst in the Big Ten, if not top five worst in the nation. There, there, there can't be any worse defenses than ours. Yeah, you got guys back. Henderson looked great. The secondary was better than it's been all year, but Graham sucks. At least I'm not coming on here saying Graham sucks and we lost this week because that would have been a whole different type of conversation today. They actually held Graham to a pretty bad game. So gives me a little bit of encouragement that the secondary is getting a little healthy that they might be able to put up a fight against Michigan. Michigan's just too good, man. And how about the end of the game when Mel Tucker chooses on third and one with no timeouts to throw a screen pass? I thought we were going to lose the game right there. I thought Tucker just threw that game away. But then there was a little part of me that was thinking, Tucker only wins close games and gets blown out. So they still might find a way to win, and they did. But that was horribly coached. Horrible game management by him. He's been horrible all year by playing the wrong guys a lot of the time. 
not coaching up the defense, and now your game management sucked so much that game. And we need to start taking a hard look at Jay Johnson too, because even though the offense was fine in the second half, they were embarrassing in the first half. The O-line is awful. Everything, everything about this team is just off. That was a game that they won. Neither team deserved it, but they ended up getting a win. And all that matters in college football is a win's a win. But this doesn't encourage me going forward. And this, if anything, this just is like, okay, you won a game that you were supposed to lose, but the team that you were supposed to lose to sucks as well. I'm not so happy after that game. I'm happy we won, but to pull off a game that ugly against a team that bad is kind of bad. It's a bad look to me. And then we're watching the games like Alabama and Tennessee, or you're watching Georgia play this week, or you watch Ohio State play this week. And then you look at Michigan State football, you look at how far off they are from those schools right now. They are so far off of those schools. Even last year, looking back at it, they were far off from them as well. We're so far off. I mean, it's three or four years of good football for you to even get competitive, good recruiting, good football. And it's just, they're never going to be at that level. I think with a 12 team playoff coming in the next few years, that can help. It's very frustrating how far off Michigan state is. Even Michigan state is so far off of Michigan this year. And this is like the first time since Lloyd Carr was at Michigan, that Michigan was the better team than state and moving into Michigan. I mean, that was domination. That was complete utter domination between Edwards and Corum. Michigan's defense is good. Very good defense. You got to actually start looking at their strengths and conditionings coach and be like, this guy's doing a hell of a job here because what he's done with that O-line beefs, beef them up big, beef the D-line up this offseason. We saw some of these guys put up a ton of weight in the offseason. If you look at Michigan football, if that game's not being played in Columbus this year, I'm picking Michigan. This is the best I've seen Michigan football in my entire life. And at this point, you got to give Harbaugh the credit and you got to say, okay, he's gotten over the hump because it, it's clear. He, he did his thing. He beat Ohio State last year. It looked like they were approaching the hump. After this past week, they've completely gone over the hump. And this is Harbaugh's program now. And I think that it's just, it, it's going to be a really, really, really good 10, 15 years if Harbaugh stays there long term. And I still think he's going back to the NFL at some point. But what he has done so far this year and last year, is night and day from what the program was four years ago. Because four years ago, you saw Michigan football in the top five. You were like, they're a pretender. They're not going to do anything. They're going to lose the next week. Last week would have been the epitome of a Michigan football collapse where you bought into all this hype with them again this year, and then they lost in the middle of the season to a good team. This is different with this team. I think what Harbaugh's doing right now is he's closing the gap on Ohio State, and the gap is getting narrow and narrow by the game. Now, Grant, like Ohio State, easily the best team in the nation right now, in my opinion. I think they're better than Georgia. But the gap is closing because Michigan's getting better. And I don't know after this year how good Ohio State's really going to be because Stroud's gone. Unless they go out in the portal and they get like another Quinn Ewers type guy like Texas did. I don't know how they're going to be as a program in a couple years. But what Michigan has shown me right now is Harbaugh's recruiting really well. And he's developing them really well. And this was a year where they lost their OC and DC. And I was like, this is it. This is going to be right back to your eight and four, nine and three Harbaugh teams. It would be a catastrophe if Michigan didn't walk into Ohio State 11 and 0 this year, play for the big time, play for the playoffs. I think it's very impressive 
best football Michigan's played in my life. Congratulations, guys. You guys have really sold me over this year. We'll see if the gap continues to close after this year because you even see it. Like Stroud's probably the best quarterback they've had since Braxton Miller or JT Barrett, you can say. I think he's better than JT. So we'll go as far back as Braxton. And Michigan's just getting so much better that the gap's closing like that. If Michigan goes into Columbus this year and somehow pulls a win out of their ass, I think they're they're blue blood again. And that's a program that you're going to have to look out for. I hope I'm wrong because this is exactly what I did not think Harbaugh was going to do there after like year four. But this Penn State win has to feel good as a Michigan fan and as a player of the program because Penn State and Michigan recruit the same exact players. And Michigan just stomped on Penn State with guys that they recruited. And that Michigan has been developing these guys so well. You got to give Harbaugh the credit. He's been developing players better than he's ever had. He has a better coaching staff than he's ever had. He's doing it the right way, and he's going to get it done. I don't know if he's ever going to win a natty there because the SEC is just on a different level. But he's brought Michigan back into the national conversation as a contender, and that's something you have to give him credit for, especially after that COVID year. But I want to recap some of the games this weekend. What an exciting weekend of football. I want to recap some college football for the weekend. And I want to just start with Bama, Tennessee. What a game. What a game. That's the type of game that changes a program around overnight. It looked like Tennessee was starting to bring their way back to relevancy. They beat Bama. I mean, now you're looking at a school that could be the next best thing in the SEC. Granted, now you got Texas and Oklahoma joining. You've got to play Georgia every year. But if you're telling me this Tennessee team doesn't look like a national contender to you this year, right now, you're out of your mind. Now, granted, I know I'm buying into the hype after that Bama game, but beating Alabama was a big deal because Alabama doesn't lose in the regular season. And when they do, it's to a good team. If Tennessee wasn't good, they would have gotten blown out to Bama. That's what this game showed me. Tennessee showed that they are back and they're going to be an elite program again. I think what Tennessee is doing, and you're going to see it, they're recruiting better. I think they have Hupel's the right guy. I actually loved the hire when they got him, and I still love it. I think what he's doing there is just something they haven't felt since 98. On the flip side, Bama just played their worst game I've seen in years out of them. Like They will not play a game like that ever again. When have you seen Bama let up 52 points? That's as embarrassing as it gets if you're Bama. You lose rivalry game you haven't lost in 15 years and you'll up 52 points while you're at it. I don't know if Bama's just not that good this year, or is Tennessee's offense that potent, and is that Tennessee offense the best in the nation? That's the question now. Could this Tennessee team be like Ed Ogeron's LSU team that came out of nowhere, won a bunch of games, and made their way into the playoffs and win a national championship? We will see. That's to be seen. But from what I see right now, This Tennessee program is light years better than what they were last year, the year before that, the year before that. Give Hupel credit. The rankings came out as well. Bama slipped the six. Michigan jumped the four after they jumped Clemson as they deserve to. And Tennessee's now number three. The only thing I I disagree with in this entire poll is number one and two, which is Georgia OSU. OSU should be one. Georgia should be two. Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, Bama. And I'm not sold on Clemson either. I think you're, they're your pretender of the year. If they lose one game, I'm not taking them in the playoffs, regardless if they win the conference or not. 
let's say Michigan goes 11 and one. They lose to Ohio State in a close game at the shoot. You can't tell me that Michigan team is not better than Clemson. What has Clemson shown me this year? That they're squeaking by okay teams like NC State. They're sneaking by a team like Florida State. They're not a good team. They're not. They're going to come into the playoffs this year. And it gets me angry that they're this highly ranked. Granted, they'd be at this place by now anyways this year, being undefeated. But it just drives me crazy. They started the season this high when they didn't show me anything last year. But because it's Clemson football and we rank the team off hype every year, that you got to put Clemson in the top five. They're not playing to me like a top five team. I think there are a lot better teams than them. Now, granted, you can't move them down out of the top five. Undefeated right now, there's not a whole lot of undefeated teams in college football left. And I think that the other undefeated teams, TCU and UCLA, are just pretenders. I mean, TCU did show me something this weekend, too, though. But if you're telling me Clemson should be in the playoffs over Michigan, if they both have one loss, come on. I also think the Pac-12 is done. They're out of the question again this year for the playoffs after that USC loss. And I assume the Big 12's done because how can you take a two-loss Texas team? And I'm convinced if Ewers was healthy all year, they would be undefeated right now. And they probably would have ended the season undefeated because they don't really have to go through much at this point of the season. They got Oklahoma State this week, and then it's smooth sailing for their Texas. And I think Ewers is the best player in college football. And I'm saying that on record. He's the best player in college football when he's healthy. I like Caleb Williams and Quinn Ewers more. I like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young next year. Caleb Williams is a taller Kyler Murray, and Quinn Ewers is just going to be an absolute star in the NFL. What Sark has done at Texas is something I never expected him to do at all. And I was for to bring that program back. When they hired Sark, I was actually laughing. I was like, there's no way this guy's going to bring them back. Whatever he learned under Saban, as an assistant clearly is working now at Texas because what Texas has become in one year is like, wow. It's something I never thought I'd see out of them. They're recruiting better than they had in the last 15 years. They're bringing in better players than they've ever had off the portal, which, you know, obviously is a new thing, but they, I, they clearly have NIL money down there to recruit. It's Texas. It's UT. A guy I laughed when they hired him. Thinking this, this guy will be another Charlie Strong is who I was thinking. Congratulations, Texas. You you hit a home run with that hire. You're set up for when yours is gone next year for Arch Manning. And, and Arch Manning's learning, going to be learning under probably the best quarterback in college football next year. And he's the best recruit of all time. So Texas is back. And Oklahoma looks like they're on the downfall trajectory. Now, granted, the program that, that Venables took over is a piece of shit. He took over all the scraps left behind from Lincoln Riley. But Texas will win the Big 12 this year, next year, and then it's SEC time. They have to play the big boys. And we'll see what they really are after that. I've been watching a lot of Big 10 ball as well right now. And I think I've picked out my team from the west side of the conference, and that's Purdue. Their offense is potent. They have a good pass game. I think that Purdue right now, from what I've seen, now granted, Ohio State, Michigan, whoever comes out of this Big 10 east side, 56-0 in the conference championship game, 63-0. But as of right now, Purdue looks like the team that's going to come out of the other side. And it sucks because Wisconsin's bad this year. Iowa's bad this year. And those are typically the two teams that come out of that side and gets blown out in the Big Ten championship. And this year it's Purdue. 
and they're worse than any Wisconsin or Iowa team that's came out of that side, like substantially worse. You know, Ohio State and Michigan are substantially better than they've ever been this year. I, I cannot believe they haven't realigned it. I'm, I mean, I'm glad they're going to do it when USC and UCLA join, but what's the point of that too? It's kind of stupid to me. Moving into NFL talk now, I want to talk briefly as we hired Campbell. It sucks so much because it's. It, I've really gotten to the point where it's like, this shouldn't take this long to fix. If the Jets and the Giants were in the same situation as you and they fixed it that quickly. Oh yeah, same with the Eagles. All three of those teams were in similar positions to you and you suck. And you're not even close to as good as them. Let's be real for a second. Nick Suriani is 6-0 with the Eagles. Robert Sala, 4-2. Arthur Smith took over the Falcons, 3-3. Three and three. and the Giants are 5-1 and one this year. Oh, yeah, and the Vikings are also 5-1. and one. It is awful watching all these teams that sucked for as long as the Lions have had start winning football games every week because they draft well, because they develop well, and they have more talent. I get it. The Lions have zero talent, but to be one in four right now, when these teams that pretty much have started their rebuild at the same point as you are winning football games. Now, granted, do I think the Giants and the Jets will keep this up for six, 17 weeks? No. What are they at least winning games and showing me that they could play for the playoffs at least this year? Yeah. The job that Campbell's done, I'm giving him a D. After watching every other new coach winning, it is getting very frustrating and I'm getting very impatient. I'm sick of all of you guys sitting here saying if Campbell's never going to win here, then we're never going to win. It's bullshit, guys. You know it's bullshit. You know when a guy can't coach in-game, you could be as good of an inspirational talker as you can be. You can be the best at that. You can be a great coach Monday through Saturday each week. But when Sunday comes... And when push comes to shove and you have to win, but you are incapable of winning because you're not good enough to win. Because you're not qualified enough, in my opinion, to be an NFL head coach. Because you don't have the right staff to win. Because you don't have the right players because you're not developing the guys the way they should be. Hutchinson, Okuda, they're not getting developed the way they should be. Those are two top three picks you wasted. He will never win here. Because the guy makes bonehead decisions, coaches like he's in Madden, and has no game management. He will never win. I don't care how much he wants to, it's not going to happen. The guy's not a good coach, and he will never be a good coach until he hires a staff full of former head coaches that can teach him. I don't care how bad you want to win. He's never going to do it here. He's another same old Lions coach. Hard Knocks made me buy into his garbage. This team is not a good team. This team won't be a good team next year. You guys can preach quarterback talk all you want. You guys can preach, get your defensive players all you want. It doesn't matter as long as this coaching staff's here. You're full of incompetent idiots. Yes, I've been blasting Hutchinson week after week, but after this bye week, it's given me a take a step back, take a deep breath type move with him. I still think the guy sucks. Don't get me wrong. I still don't think the guy's going to be a good NFL player. But the coaching staff's ruining him, and he's not strong enough. The first thing the coaching staff should have saw this offseason was he was not strong enough to start and play like a number two pick. They didn't see that. Also, if you look at him in college, he was substantially better in a two-point stance than a three. And Campbell is using him every single week in a three-point stance. Why? He got three lucky sacks 
against the Redskins. He hasn't done anything since. And you can say, eh, you know, it's it's not luck. No, it, it's luck when you can't get a sack for four other weeks. It's because you just played the worst team in the NFL. That's the only reason why you played that well. You're playing a team that's going to draft a quarterback this year and has to draft an entire O-line. And the mistake that everybody keeps talking about is, well, they double him when he throws. No, they double Hutch when, he, when they run. I'm sorry. This coaching staff will never win. They're never going to do it. And you look at all these new coaches in the NFL and look at all these teams with new GMs that are drafting correctly, that are making the right trades, that are signing the right young players, but their second-round picks are hitting the field because they're not hurt and they're producing. They're not drafting injury-prone players that are going to be hurt by week five and then you're screwed the rest of the season because you're down eight starters on your offense. I mean, let's take a look at what the Jets have done. They went out there, they drafted Zach Wilson, even though he hasn't played this year. He's not that great of a quarterback, but they drafted Zach Wilson. Then they went out and they got Brees Hall. And they went out and they drafted Garrett Wilson and Sauce. It had a hell of a draft this year. It's frustrating when you draft a guy like Hutchinson, the hometown kid that has expectations through the roof to win right away, and he busts. And it's frustrating because the Okuda pick, I mean, a lot of people didn't like it at first. I actually liked it because I didn't like Tua. But this team did any research into what they were drafting. Okuda was never going to be the right guy. You don't draft a corner at three. Unless the guy's your next Charles Woodson, that was a stupid pick. Looking back at it, it's still a stupid pick. These teams have built it correctly. We're light years worse than Philly. We're light years worse than the Bills. Chiefs, name the team. This team is so far off of them that drafting a quarterback wouldn't even make a difference with this right now. Like, I honestly think if you go out there and you go Will Anderson, which is your pick, you, you have to trade up for Will Anderson. If you trade up for a quarterback, I'm done. I'm out of this fucking fan base. You need to trade up for Will Anderson. But I think the two teams that are pretty much clear-cut for Stroud Young look like right now should be Carolina. And honestly, I can see the Skins getting right and play for him. Granted, they're two and four, but they haven't shown me anything. Maybe New Orleans. But I'm assuming one-two is going to be a quarterback pick, which if the Lions are sitting at three, four, five, you can easily go defense. I'm over it right now, man. If I had to make a Super Bowl pick, I'm going to go Bills-Eagles. And right now my pick would be the Bills to win it. But I feel like this is everybody's pick and it's just not going to play out like that. That would be the best Super Bowl of all time. That's just a shootout. You're asking for like combined 80 points in that game. And I, I'd be in heaven watching that. I want to move into my last segment of the day. And, you know, it's postseason baseball time. I love all the upsets. But then again, this is another thing I'm going to say. I've watched every team in this postseason, and the Tigers don't even come close to these teams. Like, even the Blue Jays or the Mariners, teams that were playoff teams came in there, didn't play well. If the, You told me the Tigers were, before the season, even before the season, as close as them, you're out of your fucking mind. And if you look at right now, the Tigers are probably three or four seasons away from even being at that place. I'm annoyed at the fact that we're not close to where these other teams are. When you were supposed to be somewhat close. Like if the Tigers were at the same place as the Mariners were at, but missed the playoffs by two or three games, like, like the Orioles are right now. Well, okay. They're going to be there in two or three years, one or two years. They might not even be in the playoffs for three or four years. Five or six years, they're probably, they're probably going to be playing for, hopefully we'll be playing for what everybody else is playing for right now. 
you need to figure out a way to spend money because everybody but the Indians in the postseason has a payroll. They're paying guys money to hit. And going back to the point of just how far off the Tigers are, like we, we've watched all these teams right now that are locked. The Phillies, the Padres, the Yankees, the Indians, and the Strokes. What do all five of those teams have that are just substantially, not just a little bit, but substantially better than what the Tigers have? It's their fundamentals. That's the first thing that stands out to me. These teams don't commit stupid errors. They don't make stupid plays on the base path. They're winning games because they're playing smart. They have good pitching. They have good hitting. And they have power hitters. And they run the base as well. The Tigers have none of that right now. They have okay pitching when they're healthy. When they're healthy. They have no hitting. They have no base running. They have no power. And they have zero fundamentals. You can't stick Javier Baez in the field in a postseason game right now. Because he's going to commit a stupid error once or twice in the series. That will cost you games. I don't even think it's, a, it's an issue fixing your hitting and fixing your pitching. You need the fundamentals this offseason because this team is zero. That's the first thing this team needs. Then they need power hitting. Then they need hitters. Then they need pitchers. But the fundamentals outside of the power, which is obvious in the hitting, is the thing that stood out to me the most that the Tigers just don't have right now. Dodgers fans should be pissed. If the Yankees lose tonight, they should be pissed. If you spend that much money, you should not get bounced before the ALCS or NLCS. Plain and simple. You can't be the number one in two payroll teams in baseball and not get to the, the, the conference championships. I, I love the Padres-Phillies series. I, it's a match made in heaven for me. And it just shows, once again, we should have never let Dombrowski go. I know it was time to go at the time, but... Let me tell you, that guy knows how to build a contender. Whether you agree with his methods or not, he builds a contender every year. It's just something he's best at. And I think it's really cool that we have a five or six matchup in the first year of a six-team system. I really do like this new system. I think it makes it more interesting. I think that when they first announced it and then you saw like an 86-win team in the postseason, I was like, why? But it's actually more fun because it shows that baseball, if you get hot at the right time like the Phillies are right now, like the Padres got hot again at the right time, you can do anything. If you get hot in September and you stay hot in October, like the Phillies are right now, the Phillies were by far the worst team in the NL in the playoffs. It wasn't even close. They got hot right away. When they played the Braves in that game one, I was watching in the back of my lecture hall because I was like, you know what? Let's turn on some baseball. I know all this stuff. So I turned it on. And when they put together, like, they were up like 6-1 in that game. In game one, I'm like, this is over. I'm like, this is the Philly series to lose. I was afraid to say it, but I was like, this is their series at this point. They just took one on the road. The Mets really disappointed me this year, though. Like, I, I went to a few Mets games. I love Mets games. They're like my favorite place to go for games. It's like a party there. I actually recommend anybody on this podcast, go to New York City, go to a Mets and go to a Yankees game and compare the two. Mets games are so much better. And it's a shame they blew it again. With the pitching staff you had, the fact that you blew it again and blew that division lead at the end of the year has to be the worst feeling in the world as a Mets fan. Because this was the year it looked like they were going to break the curse. I love Steve Cohen. I think he's great for baseball. I think he's great for the game. He is one of the best owners in baseball. They will win something with Steve Cohen. I'm telling you right now, if you spend money in baseball, you win. That Scherzer game deflated them as a group completely. That took the air out of them. I think blowing the division took the air out of them completely and then losing that game sucked them dry. But if you look at every team in the postseason right now, outside of the fundamentals and everything, they've spent money. 
and the Tigers need to do so. If I were to make a World Series pick right now, I'm going to go Strohs Phillies and the Strohs win. And if the Strohs don't win this year, it's a catastrophe. And we are going to look back at it and we're going to be like, holy shit, that was their year. I think the Padres next year when Tatis comes back, they're going to be fighting really close and hard with the Dodgers at that division. I think they need to figure out a way to extend Juan Soto. You pay him whatever he wants. The Padres start spending money too. That will be awesome for the game of baseball. And it it seems like they want to spend money. So you don't give up that many prospects for a rental of Juan Soto. But at the end of the day, all these Detroit teams, and we'll, we'll see with the Pistons. And, the, and you know, I'm trying to get into hockey this year. I've never watched hockey before. And so this year I'm getting into it because I heard it's a great time with the wings coming up right now. But I hope the wings and the Pistons aren't as far off as these other teams are because it just hurts. It hurts to see us not in these postseasons again for like the millionth straight year. And it hurts to see how far off we are compared to these teams that are still in the postseason right now, or these teams that are dominating the regular season in football, like the Eagles. I'll be back again on Wednesday with a Piston special. So I'll be back again Wednesday. See you guys then.